language lovers, and welcome to Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I'm your host, Heidi Lovejoy, and I am joined here today with a very special guest who's going to be co-hosting this episode with me. You all know him as my Italian teacher on italki, whom I have spoken about several times on the show. So welcome, Kenny, to Love, Joy, and Languages. Hello, lovely to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so, so excited to be able to speak in English with you because it's so weird, isn't for it? the past weeks, months, it was exclusively in Italian. Yes, we've we've had English words that we've exchanged together, mm -hmm. but not a conversation no. in English. I have to start today's show with an administrative message. Next week is the season two finale of the show. In that episode, I will be sharing and celebrating listener language learning wins, just like in last season's finale episode. And you joined in on that last season, didn't you? Ah, uh, the celebrate. Yes, yes, of course. I have actually I have so many win wins that it's sometimes a bit difficult to to remember because I study so many languages. Yes. Uh, and they're always wins, small wins, big wins. So I love yeah. it. I love creating this episode and hearing the variety of things that people mm -hmm. are doing because we all celebrate such different things. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really motivating to me to see this. So it doesn't matter what it is, how big or small you think it is. If it's a win for you, it's a win worth sharing. And I want to celebrate those here on Love, Joy, and Languages. So if you want to join those who have already sent me their language learning wins to be included in the season finale next week, please send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter by this Wednesday, February 8th, with your achievement. So are you ready to get into the content for today? Mm -hmm. yes. Exciting. All right. I'm so excited. Every week I give my intro claiming that this is a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. But as I worked on preparations for the season, I realized I don't talk a lot about the joys of language learning. I talk a lot about things I struggle with as a language learner. The hard things are the focus of my content. But truly, I get so much joy out of language learning, and it comes in so many different ways that I decided it was time for an episode all about joy, and joy is best shared with others, so there's mm -hmm. no way I could do this episode alone, and Kenny joyfully accepted my invitation to co-host today. Okay, this is wonderful, because I actually talk a lot also about my struggles, the things that are difficult, and mm -hmm. how do I cope, how do I deal with them? But there's a big part, of course, that is joy that we sometimes, I think, maybe forget about. Yeah. Or maybe we just assume that the people we're talking about just know that we also have joy. Even in the struggles, there are moments that are exciting and there's moments that are joyful. And if we just yeah. assume, well, you know, they already know that. Let's just talk about the hard stuff. It becomes difficult. Yeah. But I think that you're talking a bit about language lovers. There are a lot of people mm. who just study languages and then that maybe don't even know that there's joy to be found in mm. language learning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that I've um, connected with on Twitter lately who have talked about just learning languages just for the sake of it, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I say, okay, so what motivates you? They're like, oh, just the language, just, mm -hmm. just learning it. That's it. I turn off my brain. And for me, I just, I find so much emotional joy in it that I can't just turn off my brain to to all of that. Yeah, I think there's always a reason why you study a language. There must be even a small one. I um, I wrote on Twitter that mm -hmm. I study Afrikaans. There's no, I don't have any intention to go to South Africa. I don't know anyone who speaks Afrikaans, but I'm still uh, learning it. And my motivation comes from the fact that I love seeing connections mm, between mm -hmm. languages. Of course, my native tongue is Dutch. Afrikaans is as close as you can get to Dutch 
linguistically. So I, mm -hmm. I enjoy discovering those connections. Yeah. And so even, even just the learning of the language, finding those connections. And, you know, if you ever do meet someone who does speak Afrikaans, now you have that and that will be another joyful experience mm -hmm. based on your yeah. work. Yeah. And actually, so... Uh, I didn't have any connection with the language. But recently, I had a student from South Africa, mother tongue Afrikaans, who decided to move to the Netherlands, mm -hmm. and she took ten lessons with me. <clears throat> so I, the connection with the language sometimes come after you start the language. For mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. I study. I have a, a high level of Catalan, and I didn't have any connection with the language when I started. But then I started meeting people especially online i went to barcelona and met up with a few of them so and there's somebody coming between christmas and uh, new year to my place from catalonia to visit me so the connections sometimes come afterwards and that then your motivation grows and mm, sometimes mm -hmm. like joy enters while you're already learning so maybe at the beginning you say Oof, this is difficult i don't i don't know why i'm doing this or my motivation is like limited Mm -hmm. or I have to learn the language because of professional reasons or uh, family reasons. And then sometimes the joy comes while you're already learning the language. Yeah. And there's, there's one thing on my, my list of joys is definitely the connections that we make with people, whether, mm -hmm. um, you know, actual friendships or just being able to communicate with anyone, you know, whether it's ordering food. And I know you and I both live in countries that are not our, mm -hmm. our native countries. And mm -hmm. so we have this daily experience of ordering food or coffee or commenting on the weather or anything and any chance we get to make that connection because of the hard work we've done to learn. It's thrilling. Like I literally get goosebumps whenever I order a coffee. And okay. have no problems understanding, you know, do you want milk and sugar? The the lids are over there. Anything. I've just, it's so exciting for me. It's very exciting. And it takes a lot of effort to get there. Uh, it, this is, I always compare learning a language to running a marathon. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, often you want to give up uh, or you just want to... To, to cry even sometimes. I had students who mm -hmm. cried during mm -hmm. my lesson. So it, it takes a lot of effort. And of course, while you're doing, while you're preparing for your language marathon, often you don't see the results. Mm -hmm. And the big joy, the problem is I think the big joy often comes at the end, while sometimes you have to enjoy the small wins or the small gains. I have a lot of language lessons with tutors and teachers. And when I I often compare myself to where I was a few lessons ago. And then I see, okay, ooh, three lessons ago, I didn't know this word. And now it pops up without any effort. So I can see those small gains and I enjoy those small gains. And it's mm. important to enjoy those small gains because otherwise I think you're going to focus too much on the finishing line there with the marathon. Mm -hmm. And even if you just um, train for an entire year for a marathon or study a language for an entire year, you will have some gains. You will mm -hmm. have made some progress, even if you don't reach, if, even in the end, you don't run the marathon. Then you have to, if you want to really enjoy the language, you have to enjoy the process of, of learning the whole from the start till the end and not only, okay, now finally I can order a coffee and uh, when they tell me something i'm able to understand everything mm -hmm, absolutely something else you said in there reminds me of just starting to recognize words last last week i was listening to a podcast and it was in german 
and they said the word art, which I know isn't art in English. I know that's mm -hmm. a false friend um, because I know the word art um, in German. And so I listened to it several times in context. I was like, I think they're talking about the type of something. It's, yeah. This is making sense. So, okay, art must be type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ever look it up. I just kept going. It all made sense. And then two days later, I was at the eco center taking my recycling and someone else had put the wrong thing in the wrong bin. And the guy working there came up because I was standing there putting my things in mm -hmm. and he used the word art. He said something along the lines of, oh, this is a funny type of plastic. And mm -hmm. when I heard it, it just registered. I was like, oh, I know that word and I know it from context. And I, I seriously was giddy. I was excited yeah. to get back to the car and tell my husband, I just understood this <laughs> word because yeah. I had just learned it and now I'm seeing it and hearing it in real life context and I recognize it like it's it's one word and it made such a difference in, in just my mood for the day yeah I think that that's important to focus on those small things small gains because obviously you won't see the difference between today and yesterday mm -hmm. yeah that's a problem with um with language learning, I think. Even though people, often people complain of, I'm, I'm not making any progress, I'm studying every day, I'm doing something, I'm using the language, but I don't see or feel the difference. But that's the moment you have to actually compare yourself to where you were even a few months or a year ago. Mm -hmm. I'm studying Greek since uh, it's almost it's exactly one year. And I'm still at a, a very low A2 level. This has a very low uh, beginner level. But then I compare where I was one year ago. One year ago, I was able to write in Greek, but I couldn't read. And now I can, mm. I, I'm writing. I have here my mm. notebook in front mm -hmm. of me with sentences so I can see the difference. And sometimes you have to just go back a bit further into time to look back and see, okay, but oh, five months ago, I, did, I wasn't able to form sentences. I wasn't able to order a coffee. And now I am. Yeah. So it's really important to mentally keep track of those frustrations as they're happening because they're really frustrating it can easily get you down but when you at least take note of them in the future you need that because that future self is going to forget how hard it was in the beginning yeah all those beginner things well i can do that now that's easy but yeah. like i forget what it was like to not understand any italian yeah because now my speaking isn't amazing i still make so many mistakes and i know there's constructions that i can't mm -hmm. formulate myself but i definitely understand them when i read them and hear them i know what's going on i forget that two three four years ago me couldn't do that yeah. and that's mm -hmm. really exciting even if my speaking still has a long way to go the understanding is coming along yeah i think talking about frustration is also important i think to accept that frustration is a part of the game yes I speak 10 languages. I just started last year with Greek and I'm still, I, I can still feel the frustration. The only difference between language number 11 then and language number one is I accept the frustration as part of the game, mm -hmm. which I think allows me to focus more on the joys of language learning. And I tend to create those joys myself, even though I, I'm, I think I'm an introvert. I have some social anxiety. I try to have a lot of contact with the languages through language exchanges in person or online mm -hmm. because then I really enjoy the language why do I study languages for for two reasons uh because I I sincerely enjoy uh, discovering the connections between languages but it also allows me to connect more easily with other people for mm -hmm. me it's way more easy to talk to someone in another language I don't yeah. know why it's yeah. it's it's easier it allows me it's also my passion so I I can I can live my passion and it allows me and I think that's very important to leave my comfort zone
Yeah. Speaking to someone I don't know is out of my comfort zone, but because I'm so passionate about languages, I push myself out of that comfort zone. And what I've seen the past, especially the past two years, that great people and great opportunities are just waiting to to happen just outside of that comfort zone. Yeah. The initial bond you form, like the very mm-hmm. first conversation you have with someone is like the foundation yeah. of how a bond is going to be formed, really, in my experience anyway. And in the first time you really, or anytime you really form a bond with someone in one of your languages, that's not your native language is, mm-hmm. is another thing that is so exciting. And I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm, I'm shy and also introverted. So I really don't, I like socializing, but only with the right people. It wears me out. Just having conversations makes me exhausted. And then I have to have some quiet time, you know, from overstimulation. But recently, a few months ago, actually, I was at the swimming pool with my kids where we have an English speaking swim instructor and, you know, there's always English around us. And there was a woman there with her daughter and I overheard her speaking Italian to her daughter. And I was like, Ooh, we need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I know she speaks English also because I heard her speaking English with this swim instructor and her English is definitely better than my Italian, but her daughter came up and said something to her. And then I was like, oh, you must be Italian. And she says, yes. And she was fine. So our first conversation was in Italian mm-hmm. and we just talked about all kinds of things, how we like Germany versus Italy. She comes from Venezia, which is very close to Vicenza where I was. And mm-hmm. we have all these connections and the whole thing was in Italian. And it wasn't even really until I left the conversation, they said, that that's the bond. We will mm-hmm. always speak in Italian. And and that's that bond. And I was like that. I mean, five years ago, Heidi would never have imagined that that could happen, that that would yeah. be part of my future, that I mm-hmm. can choose which language to initiate a conversation in and continue yeah. speaking in that conversation with. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no matter where you are in your language journey, that is going to happen to, to everyone <laughs> listening eventually. Yeah, eventually, but then you have to be able to look back. And mm. a big part is also not giving up. I think mm. a lot of, mm-hmm. I have a, I had a lot of students who say, yeah, I, <clears throat> I had one teacher, he wasn't good, or I had one negative experience, or I didn't make any progress, or I had a, a period at work, was very busy, and then I, I quit, I just stopped. I think in language learning, always you have to think long-term. And even when you have a period or a, a negative experience, you have to push through. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're really motivated, if you really want to make progress, there will always be setbacks. There will always be teachers who are not a good fit. There will always be a book that you won't like. Mm-hmm. And I think what I hear often is, often people think, okay, I, I'm starting a course. I'm starting a, a new book. If I don't finish this book, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. But here uh, on on my left, I have a lot of language books. And I think maybe 10% I finished all the other ones I started. And then somewhere along the road, I said, this book is not giving me joy anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't like it anymore. So what do you do then? You put it aside and look for another book. And I think a lot of people sometimes push through. Yeah. Just like when you're reading a book, you say, oh, I, I bought this book. Now I want to finish it, but I don't like it, but mm-hmm. I still want to finish it. doesn't make sense. Then you should stop and, and choose something else, something that gives you more joy because uh, obviously, if something gives you joy, if you like a book, if you like a teacher, yeah, continue. If you don't like it, then look for something else. Because really, there is a lot of nowadays in, with, with internet, with um, mm-hmm. social media, there is a lot of material available. So you just have to do a lot of trial and error and choose what's good, a good fit for you. 
in this moment of your language journey, because often something that I used a lot of Duolingo when I was studying Catalan and I got bored of it and I switched to something else. I look for where the joy is. And that's, that takes a lot of trial and error, of course. It does. And it also takes the humility of being able to say just what works for someone else isn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Everyone finds joy in different things. I have mm -hmm. realized recently that I love using grammar books. I absolutely okay. love just specific grammar. I'm getting a book on this specific thing. I love working through it. I love the process of studying it and then creating my own sentences, you know, using mm -hmm. the examples. And I think most people would be like, that doesn't give me any joy at all. That's rather boring. I would mm -hmm. rather do anything other than that. Mm -hmm. So it's okay that that boring things to other people bring you joy. And for whatever reason, um, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't have to look the same as anyone else's. Find that boring thing. Maybe it will bring some mm -hmm. excitement. You know, even if it's just, yes, I got that one right. That's mm -hmm. a moment of joy that I did yeah. something good yeah. that keeps going forward. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of students, uh, teachers who use flashcards. Mm. Uh, it's something I tell my students, yeah, try. And maybe it's your thing. Maybe it, you are th that person that can, uh, while waiting for the bus, can do 15 flashcards. <laughs> and I know a lot of people who are very diligent with it and it helps them a lot. I tell all my students, try it, but I don't do it myself because I tr tried it in the past and I, I hate it. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's not because I hate it that it, it can not be something that uh, does the trick for somebody else. Same right. thing with, I always advise my students, yeah, use music. I use a lot of music because I I like, uh, because it's repetitive. It helps with pronunciation. Words get repeated. Um, it helps with a lot of things. You have a lot of games also online. You can use a karaoke, whatever you want. But there are students who say, yeah, no, sorry, music. Yeah, I'm not mm. into it. I don't want to listen to music in another language or I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of trial and error. That's also why there are a lot of people uh, out there on on internet who give tips, advice on how to learn a language. But I think there should be a warning. Okay, th these are my tips. Yes. Th this, this is my advice. Mm -hmm. You can try it as much as you want. But if it doesn't work, that doesn't mean it's a failure or something or you're not good at language learning. It's just there are a lot of ways to to reach the same goal. You can run a marathon and prepare in 55 different ways, just as learning a language you can do in different ways. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point, too, because, I mean, it seems rather obvious, right? We're all adults here and or maybe maybe some people are, mm -hmm. are teenagers who who feel very adultish, but we're all mature enough to be like, oh, yeah, of course, if something doesn't work out for me, I'm not going to do it. But we still so many of us have this, especially with language learning, have this internal thing that says, I want someone to tell me how to do it. I want someone to tell me how I'm going to get where they got. And if they got there, obviously something worked. So whenever we start finding our own path and being okay with it, giving ourselves permission to do what works for us, giving ourselves permission to see advice and say, nope, that's not for mm -hmm. me. That is a really liberating and, and very joyful type of moment because now mm -hmm. you're curating your own path that is unique to you because, because we all have our own unique personalities and experiences and desires. And, and that is way more joyful than this person said, I must do A, B, C, and D and learn in this order and learn this set of vocabulary. I mean, that's to me, that's not joyful. If it is to someone else, then great that they have found joy in, in being given the structure. Mm -hmm. But when we, when we have the power to create our own way, it's so much more exciting. Yeah. I think that's the moment you can find joy 
a language learning also. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to compare two people also because everybody is, is different, also finds him or herself in a different situation. So something different living in a country where the language is spoken or for example, like I live in Spain but I hardly have any exposure to Spanish. That's why my level mm-hmm. of Spanish is, is, is good after six years here. I have a C1 level, but it's not like my level of Italian because I was in a relationship for 11 years with somebody from Italy. I lived in Italy, so I had way more exposure to the language. Mm-hmm. I had more exposure to Italian in, in Spain than I had exposure to Spanish, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very difficult to compare somebody who who is married or together with somebody who speaks a language, of course, will be in a different situation than somebody who is living in a country, but then is married to somebody who speaks another language or Mm -hmm. speaks um, his or her mother tongue. Yeah. Or even if we do have very similar life experiences, because we have different personalities and desires, it's Mm -hmm. still not going to be the same. Two people can live in the country, have the same, you know, languages in the household, same languages at work, but one likes to do flashcards. One is a visual learner. One is a listening learner. Like the two paths are still going to be very different. The things they want to talk about are going to be different. Yeah. Like all of that is, um, yeah, every path is unique. And, and once we really realize that and start figuring it out, it's, it's so much more fun. So here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have, and you have so many experiences with languages, so many different languages and you teach them. So you probably get yep. joy from even another perspective that I don't in teaching Mm -hmm. and seeing other people's paths along the way. But do you ever have in any of your languages, especially when you're starting a language, do you have words that like, they're just tricky. You hear them all the time, but you cannot wrap your head around what a word means really. In any language, I think the moment there is no connection or real connection with another language I speak, Mm -hmm. then it becomes very tricky because then you have to put like, complete new information in your head the advantage of speaking multiple languages is that you often you can Mm, find a connection and it becomes easier if the connection is not there it becomes way more difficult especially if you don't see or uh, use the uh, word in context i can give you an example from spanish i was learning spanish vocabulary and there was the word for tray bandeja and so I was studying and I was a, a book, a dictionary, a visual dictionary, and you had all those words. And every time I said, oh, why do I keep forgetting that word? It's impossible. I didn't see any connection. Also, bandeja, what, what can I connect it? Is there a trick to remember? It didn't work. But then I went to a team park. I went to a team park and we had lunch. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there was a tray. So I had my foot on a tray and then I looked uh, a bit further and there was written, yeah, put your tray here. Eh? Ponte bandeja aquí. And there was a moment, since that moment, I, I, I was able to remember that word because I had seen it mm. in context. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the main reasons why flashcards, you can use flashcards in different ways. But if you have flashcard, just the word in a translation, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I have my notebook here in front of me for Greek. I have a very low level, but I'm writing sentences. I'm creating my own sentences because then I have a little bit of context and it helps me to retain those words uh, more easily than when I just have have lists. 
Yeah. yeah. Even if, if it's a word that doesn't have an, and, and Greek has a lot of words that doesn't have a connection to, to other, the other languages I speak. So I need like that context to mm -hmm. be able to retain, especially words that are a bit more challenging or a bit more difficult. Yes. Especially words that aren't nouns or verbs, because verbs, even you can have, you can create a picture or a mental image of yourself doing the thing or something like that. Nouns, of course you can look at even I like creating flashcards I don't like doing the flashcards because the creating yeah. I'm looking for a specific image to go with this word or something mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. there's words like adverbs and conjunctions that don't have any visual connection to them and then there's some words that are even more difficult because they have so many multiple different meanings or uses in in Italian proprio was the word that I could not understand because it has a variety of uses and and I could not wrap my head around proprio mm -hmm. but I heard it all the time and I'm like this is clearly an important word but yeah. I would look it up and it would say one way and then I'd look it up another way like it, it just never made sense and then I think it was either during lockdown or, or right after when things started opening up again like somehow it just clicked and I could not only understand I could understand it in context and I could understand the different ways it was used in mm -hmm. the various different different situations and I was just oh fine because this word I would seriously walk around the town just trying to google translate and find examples online and I just could not figure out this one stinking word and then eventually the light went off and I think I had so much exposure to it that eventually my brain just said okay now you get it and now, now you there. get you have yeah those small words exist in any mm -hmm. language mm -hmm. uh and this is a lot of exposure to the language I think you can yeah. see through seeing examples, but also hearing when somebody uses that word. Uh, there's a verb in in Spanish, echar, and that word, it, it, you can use it for, I don't know, for everything that exists, it seems. You find it everywhere in every uh, expression. So it takes a lot of exposure. And then the more you focus on it, the more you will be able to recognize it and then know when it's being used. And then the mm -hmm. next step is, of course, you'll be able to use it yourself. Ah. But that takes a lot of exploration. It's something you cannot study, I think. Yeah. Just like exactly. grammar is very interesting. I don't really study grammar. I try to understand it. Mm -hmm. And then it's something like in, in, in Italian, I'll say conjunctivo, the subjunctive. Mm -hmm. You can study it and, and you can understand it. But it's only when you start using it uh, that it's a really being assimilated into your brain. Mm -hmm. When you hear it, when you hear people, oh, th this person is using the, the subjunctive in this sentence. So then, okay, then I know how when I have to use it myself. Mm -hmm. Recently, I was listening to a podcast. No, no, no. Last month, I did Italian TV Club. So I'll, I'll post it in the show notes because there's um, Language TV Club. They have various languages, watch a TV show, and they have a teacher that they meet once a week and go over vocab and talk about the TV episodes. So I did Italian TV Club last month, mm -hmm. and I was watching it with Italian subtitles. But I realized as the people were talking, I could anticipate in the sentence when the subjunctive was going to be used. Mm. So, you know, someone say pencil K and I'd be like, oh, subjunctive, they're going to do it. And mm -hmm. I was so, again, excited because as an English speaker, it's really difficult to even understand when to use subjunctive. It's not mm -hmm. just learning how mm -hmm. to conjugate. It's really the situations in, wh in mm -hmm. which it's used. And then, of course, in the past tense and all these others. And so that was a, such an exciting time is now I can anticipate what they're going to say or at least what type of word they're going to say. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, w whenever you start out with a language and at first everything just kind of sounds like one big sound. 
And then eventually yeah. you get to the point where you can distinguish between the words. You don't know the words necessarily, but you can distinguish them. And then you start learning the words and it's this whole building blocks. And so, you know, all of those little moments are so exciting and it's just part of the process. I can't yeah. produce it yet, but I know when it's used. The message is a bit focused on the small wins mm. because um, I think uh, when I started with Danish at the beginning, I listened to the news and Danish is, is a language where everything is connected. It feels like it's one word. Every mm. sentence is one word. So in the beginning, I thought, oh, I, I, can, I, I don't know. I don't know where the word starts. I don't know where this word ends. Mm. And then... Mm -hmm. Suddenly, after a while, you say, "Oh, I, this is there, there's a word here. I recognize this word, and you feel, I feel, and, and yeah, intense joy, like that that small thing, like uh -huh. okay, oh, one word, I, 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 or that word, and then the next step is, oh, I know what I, I, I think I know what they're talking about. I don't know who won the elections, I don't know in which country, but they're talking about elections. And then the next step is, okay, I think it's about that person who won the elections, and." And it's a very slow progress. And I think you have to, uh, I think a lot of people might listen to this and think, but how can you feel joy when you recognize a word? How is that even possible? But I think that's your mindset you have to change mm -hmm. and accept that this is about small, very small gains, uh, small, very small wins. And you have to enjoy them and then at the same time, accept the frustration, mm -hmm. but also focus, yeah, focus on the, the the things you're already able to do, and not about or focus on the things you're not able to do, because there will be uh, forever things you won't be able to do. There will be yeah. mistakes forever, even if you reach a very high level in the language. There will be always moments you you're not 100% sure. There will be always that frustration. Okay, um, it, I'm not good enough. Uh, but I think you have to change your mindset and then so, somewhere except, yeah, I, I, it's okay where I am now. Yeah. I wish our listeners could see the look on your face when you were talking about understanding the word in Danish, because it is so, you were so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can feel all of that, that excitement in you because I, I know exactly what that means. I remember the first time, I mean, I didn't remember exactly where I was the first time I overheard a brief Italian conversation and, and these two women were just asking how each other was. And I was like, oh my gosh, there were words in there. I understand mm -hmm. them. It wasn't just one long sound. I was so excited. And anyone who lives in the town where I lived in Italy, I would go for walks like every day, listen to podcasts or music, usually in Italian. And so anyone who was watching me probably thought I was just ridiculous because I'd be listening to something and get it. My face would light up and like, I'd probably fist pump the air that I got mm -hmm. it. And they probably just yeah. thought I was crazy. There's that crazy American again. Yeah. <laughs> Again, what is she doing walking around like that? So you have a really um, a, a much broader experience learning languages than I do. And you have languages from your low A2 Greek to mm -hmm. obviously native Flemish and mm -hmm. probably native like in mm -hmm. several other languages, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very advanced languages, many of them. So what types of things on, on what can you give us a scale of the joys you feel from beginner to intermediate to advanced? Yeah, I think in in at the lower levels, of course, it's more about words you suddenly remember, more basic verb forms, especially then. Obviously, often you start with like the past tense, and often in many languages that's irregular, and then suddenly you remember. Okay, yeah, it's irregular, and I remember. While you reach a higher level, it becomes it it, it goes more like about complex uh, sentence structure. I know that you had told me that in the past before, but I didn't remember it. So something Ooh, well longer <laughs> um, or like pronouns in many languages, mm -hmm. pronoun pronouns are very challenging. 
every language had something particular. So I can tell you in Catalan, you have something like a weak pronouns. It's very challenging and they change depending on which, if there is a vowel or not, and then the order. Mm -hmm. In Italian, you are also pronouns that suddenly uh, they, they uh, become one word, for yes. example, and you have to yes. add an extra letter and the mm -hmm. order changes. Mm -hmm. So th those, those things are more complex and you, you require a higher level of, of the language. So I think the, the, the more advanced uh, your level, the more difficult the, the things are where you focus on, on, on the gains. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it's especially, I think, like words. Oh, I remember these words. And uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, not. But then higher level is more like grammar structures. It depends very much on the language. In, in German, for example, you have the der, die, das, and then accusative, dative, um, genitive. That's very challenging, but it's also at a higher level that you suddenly, oh, I know that I have to use this form and I can use mm, it correctly mm -hmm. without any help from my, my teacher, my teacher, the, yeah. whatever, whoever you're talking to. Yeah. I'm just going to assume that I'm always going to get Dirty Das mixed up and assume that the other person can understand me anyway and just move on. And that's another thing that I've I've learned. I didn't do this early on in Italian and even still in Italian, it's I have a different relationship with that language than I do with German because mm -hmm. the early years learning it, how I approached the language was very, it, it was in a very stressful way in mm -hmm. Italian. And so my, my relationship with the two is very different. But when I'm able to have a conversation knowing I'm making mistakes, either I can correct them in the moment or not, but knowing I'm making plenty of mistakes and the other person is still, I understand, I understand. And we're able to move the conversation forward and not care not leave the conversation frustrated and, and embarrassed, but instead mm -hmm. just make the mistakes and still get my point across. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. another just very, very exciting place to be because I think that how we feel about our mistakes is a huge stepping stone in the overall process. It depends a bit what your priority is mm -hmm. um, because, of course, I think a lot of people want to sound native, mm -hmm. want to be able to form sentences without any mistake. Yeah. But I think if you really want to be feel joy, if you really want to be able to communicate, you have to focus just on, on the be, being able to get your message through. Yes. Uh, if the other person understands you, uh, even though you use that instead of uh, das, even though you use maybe a wrong verb tense mm -hmm. you use a perfect instead of an imperfect tense right. um, or maybe you use a synonym that's not very commonly used but the other person gets you then i think that that's a win yeah but a lot of people then are going to focus on oof i made a mistake oh no i said there or that's i have a lot of people who say oh my god i'm so stupid or oh sorry excuse sorry i say yeah, you don't have to, t you're paying me to help you. You don't have to say sorry <laughs> because you make a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the mind, it's very important. And I think a lot of language learners, a lot of people in general are perfectionists and then focus on it has to be perfect. Right. But you have to change your mindset and accept those mistakes as part of your language learning process or um, accepting that you will probably, it's possible to sound as native as possible. But it takes a lot of effort. And in my opinion, it's better to invest your effort in other things than in sounding native. I don't sound native now in English, but I can get my message through. I can have I a conversation. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> that, that's the most important. I could focus on sounding, I don't know, British or American, whatever. But I, I prefer to focus on getting my message through and being able to use uh, the right words, being able to use the mm -hmm. right uh, tenses, maybe, or the right forms and not having 
to stop the conversation and say, oh, I forgot this tense and how do yeah. you say this and this word? Being uh, able to describe words is way more important than being able to use the right words. If you don't know how to use this, I'm using, I'm showing a charger now. If you don't know how to, oh, what is this name again? Oh, the thing you use to put energy in your phone. Mm-hmm. And everybody probably will understand, okay, you're, yes. you're ah, charging, ah, your charger. It's very, way more important to be able to describe words than to, to being able to use all words correctly or to know everything, oh, yeah. every word. Oh, yeah. And for, for me, I think I started doing that out of a need. And so I, I didn't realize that I was trying to work around words until, I don't know, I, I guess someone had pointed it out to me or something, but it was it, it was a very exciting time realizing that I'm getting my point across, even if I sound like a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember in Italy talking about drying my daughter's hair and I had no idea what the word for blow dryer was, but I knew the thing that dries hair. And I yeah. think I said electric, the electric thing that dries hair. In that moment in particular, it was very, it, it was nice because she didn't judge me. We just kept going and mm-hmm. life was good. And then there's, you know, there's a difference too between the purpose of a conversation. Am I having this conversation to talk to someone just to talk? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about something specific? You know, when I'm talking to my children's teachers, for example, what's the purpose of that? Or am I having a conversation lesson where the purpose is to mm-hmm. make the mistakes to, to yeah. focus on those things because i remember the very first conversation lessons i ever took i wanted to be performative i wanted to show them that i could do it but that was silly because the purpose of me signing up for lessons in the first place was to make the mistakes and to work yeah. through them but as a perfectionist it's so hard to show those yeah. and so when we finally realize Kenny doesn't think I'm stupid because I continue to make the same mistakes, even though he's corrected me a hundred (laughs) times. It's okay. (laughs) First lesson with every student. I say, this is a language safe zone where you should make mistakes because often because you make a mistake, I can explain why Mm. you make Mm -hmm. that mistake. Oh oh, yes, of course, in English, in French, in Spanish, you say it this way, but not in Italian, for example, doesn't work because you make that mistake. I'm able to help you. And then I repeat every single time in every language, uh, I say, as sbagliando si impara. We learn actually through our mistakes. That's how we often make progress. It's often, in my experience, it's more interesting to make a mistake, to say the mistake, than mm. to try to avoid the mistake. Absolutely. If, if you avoid the mistake, it's like if your brain doesn't realize, okay, this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think you often feel embarrassed while we shouldn't because it's normal. It's, it's normal to make mistakes. Mm, I think absolutely. it's children who learn a language and you can feel that they make a mistake and they don't care, mm-hmm. which has a negative side also because often they keep on making the same mistakes. An adult often, in my experience, makes a mistake and then learns from that mistake. Mm-hmm. A, ch- a child will say, oh, pff, you understand what I mean, so... I- it's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Yep. Yeah. And they keep on making the same mistake, but they, they are not afraid to make that mistake. Yeah. Exactly. And as an adult, often we say, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I should be ashamed. That's why my students often say, oh, sorry, sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah, of course you made a mistake. It's it's normal. It's part of the language learning process. Don't say sorry. Sorry seems to be the the easiest word sometimes in, yes. my, uh, in my lessons. Yes. And this is one of the great things about taking lessons with someone who's also a language learner, because I think every tutor I've ever had, and I don't even know how many there are at this point, many, many, has also been a language learner. They've gone through the process of learning a language on their own, and they understand so much deeper, I think. There's nothing wrong with any type of teacher. Anyone who wants to teach is amazing, but knowing I have that connection, that the person deeply understands that mistakes are embarrassing and deeply understands that 
it's part of the process is really, really helpful. That helps you to connect with the teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the important things, I think, is especially if in a one-to-one setting, of course, it's different than a group setting, but if you're in a one-to-one setting, you really should find someone who you can connect with also because that allows you to share more about your life. Mm, I'm a, mm-hmm. an open book about my life. I share things during lessons I don't mind because that allows my students to share. For, for them, it's also like a safe place to share other stuff about their life, their issues, their problems, because languages we use for everything, for yeah. cooking, for crying, for laughing. So I feel like then in a language lesson, you should also try to talk about as many different subjects as possible because in your native language you'll uh, obviously also talk about Mm. those subjects which um, I try to create like a space in my lesson where that's a possibility and I have a lot of students who sometimes I feel like a bit like a therapist because I'm listening to their stories I'm trying to give advice but I don't mind because it's part of life of course yeah. in, in when you're talking about your problems uh, often you use other other words other vocabulary mm-hmm. other sentence structure and a lot actually the subjunctive uh, so I have uh, a therapist and it's in Spanish which is um, two birds one stone because mm-hmm. of therapy and I have practice for my Spanish and it's incredible uh, how often you use the subjunctive if I had known that I would yeah. have Talking about different subjects allows you to use other sentence structures, other vocabulary. And this is one way, especially when you have a high level, to advance even more. Because mm-hmm. then you have to try to use other sentence structures, use other vocabulary. And that happens when you talk about different subjects. I can say as a student of yours that you're really good at bringing this out. In me anyway, I don't know about your other students. You're really good at bringing this out. And, and I'm very... I want to be able to talk about my life in Italian. And and maybe mm-hmm. I've told you that, or at least maybe you've picked up on it, but I, you know, I want to make connections. I have friends who speak Italian natively. And so you're really good at taking that to the, to that next level. And one example is just me talking about this podcast, because I think I told you I was doing it. I told you I was starting it. And so we've talked about some of the episodes and some of the things, and I've started building some of the vocabulary. And at first I really thought he's just asking me because he's trying to, but, you know, help me work around this subject. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, well, Kenny also learns languages. And so he's probably actually interested in the content Mm -hmm. as well. And so now it's not just Kenny's digging this out of me so that I can have this vocabulary. It's Kenny's digging this out of me and we can have this great conversation in two Mm -hmm. languages now, maybe three if we both get our German up. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I really enjoy talking about. I love talking about languages. I love talking about language learning, even in my Italian and you've created this space that you, in a very polite teachery way, forced me to talk about this mm-hmm. thing that you know I love. Yeah. Um, and you were very good at making sure that that happens. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, related to this, actually, in my opinion, the person who learns most during a lesson is, I don't know if it is unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> it's a teacher. Mm-hmm. So the things I've learned about my students, about their life, about their experience, about their country, about their culture, uh, about the books they read. My my uh, Goodreads reading list is incredibly long because students say, okay, what are you reading? And then they start talking about it. Okay, I'm going to add this one to my list. This is a very extremely rewarding job because I learn a lot. So I'm a person who loves learning new stuff, discovering new things. And this job allows me not only to 
live my passion because this is language learning and teaching are definitely my passion but it also allows me to to learn from my my students so mm -hmm. i'm actually i'm actually getting paid to to do something i love while also learning new stuff this is like for me this is like paradise paradise <laughs> on earth yeah professionally i'm living i'm living my dream it took me a while to get there but this is this is my dream yeah and you have a front row seat yeah i'm sure you have students who who get one package you get five or ten lessons or something and then others who stick with you for a lot longer depending mm -hmm. on everybody's goals and whatever but you get a front row seat to people's progress and to mm -hmm. seeing people go from maybe beginner toward intermediate or in intermediate or through this intermediate plateau that lasts, I don't, I have no idea because I'm not out of it yet. So, you know, maybe for the next 10 years, you and I are going to be working me through this intermediate <laughs> plateau, but you yeah. get to see all of these things and see those moments when people make connections. Yeah. It's even, it's no, no, no. It's even growing. better because often the student doesn't realize it. And then mm -hmm. I'm the one who shows, uh, do you realize you just autocorrected yourself? Mm -hmm. uh, like a few weeks ago, I had to say, oh no, this is wrong. And you had to think, and I had to help you. And then suddenly they are able to do it themselves. But often, people often don't see or feel the progress they make. And then the, that the teacher is able to do, so, okay, but I can see, I sometimes I have to show mm -hmm. my students mm -hmm. the progress they've made and it's, it kind of clicks. They say, oh yeah, of course, I wasn't able to do that. And that helps them to, that helps their motivation. Yeah, absolutely. It's because sometimes you don't see the progress you make yeah. yourself. This reminds me of my daughter. You know, she's going to German school. This is her second year in the German school system. She's, she's 10 now. And they have dictations, you know, every now and mm -hmm. then. And dictations are difficult, probably in any language. But She's doing very, very well, but she's making a lot of the same mistakes over and over, particularly with capitalizing the nouns, because mm -hmm. first she has to know what a noun is, and then she has to mm -hmm. know, you know, to recognize it. And, um, and it's something she's been working on for a long time, but her grades with her dictations are always the same. She always gets a very low grade, which is expected. But this time this week, she brought one home. She had the same grade and she was a bit disappointed. And I looked at it and I said, you capitalized every single noun in this entire mm -hmm. page. And she was like, what? I said, so I guarantee your teacher sees this and knows that this is progress. The grade doesn't mm -hmm. matter because I can yeah. see this very specific thing that we've talked about, worked on, that now she made no mistakes with that. Now mm -hmm. that that's covered, now we can start focusing on the next one and the next one and seeing all these little, it really does take someone else who knows your progress, who knows what you need to work on to point these out and say, look what you just did. That was yeah. good. That mm -hmm. was good. Yeah. In my experience, if you have a teacher, one of the things I often have at the beginning of the lesson, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> Why did I book a lesson? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be here. But then often at the end of the lesson, I have more energy than before. Mm -hmm. And it takes a great teacher, I think, to give you that feeling. It's very important to find somebody who keeps you motivated, to helps you to not only to progress, to show you your mistake, but also gives you, keeps on motivating to continue. And mm -hmm. I think that's why it's very important to find somebody you connect with. All my teachers are into language learning because that makes it, I know for sure we'll be able to talk about something. Right. In my language exchanges, 
all those people are into languages. They enjoy language learning because mm-hmm. I've had language exchanges with people who are not who are learning English just for work, professional reasons. And then you have to look for something else, another connection. If you're into Star Wars and that person is also into Star Wars, okay, then you have something to talk about. That's why it's important to look for a teacher, a language exchange partner who you can easily connect with on the mm-hmm. same subject and the same experience or they've moved from one country to another you are in mm-hmm. the same situation they have two children you have two children okay so you have to find something you can connect and then it becomes easier to yeah continue with that with that same person yeah it does and i've never taken a one-on-one lesson where it's just learning Like Mm -hmm. we open up the book, we start, okay, here's how you conjugate these verbs. Let's practice them. And I know those, those sessions exist. I've Mm -hmm. never done it. And I really only started conversation lessons once I got to a point where I knew I could have some sort of conversation, but I'd imagine even, even in those types of situations, when it is working very structurally through early grammar and vocabulary, like you still have to feel some sort of rapport with the person or or some some levels where like you know again that you feel safe you feel like you're not being judged and, and different people have have different personality preferences so when i'm looking for a new tutor or a secondary tutor not a new one just a second mm-hmm. one um i i go through so many profiles and watch the videos and i know within 30 seconds i can tell if this person is going to be good or not i have to have that vibe mm-hmm. where you could you just know that they can match your energy and that if the conversation gets awkward there's some way to bring it back. And and I'm the same. I start every single italki session going, I'm not ready for this. I'm not nervous what I'm <laughs> going to talk about. But with my current teachers, um, you guys are, are really good at just digging in. What have you done today? What do you think about this? What have you, we talked about this last time. How did that go for you? And by the end of the lesson, I'm just, I'm getting my adrenaline going. I'm so full of energy. I'm like, yes, I did it. And especially in the rare occasions, we go the full 30 minutes with no English words at all. Mm-hmm. That's, it's yeah. just, I'm on cloud nine the rest of the day. It is the yeah. best way to start my day. It's mm-hmm. so exciting. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, you tell, yeah, I'm nervous at the beginning of a lesson as a student. Actually, you should actually ditch that nervousness because it's the teacher who is responsible for the conversation. This is true. Yeah, it's a teacher that has to avoid that there are like moments of silence mm-hmm. or things that get repeated, which depending on the person is not very easy always, but it's the teacher. Uh, you pay the teacher. So it's a teacher that has to fill the silence and has to ask questions and has to keep the conversation going. I, I don't prepare when I have a, a lesson as a student, then that's the moment I enjoy. And that's also when, when there is a moment of silence or I have to jump in as a student and ask something like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. This is the, the teacher is should be responsible for, for keeping the conversation going. That's why I try to ditch that nervousness I have uh, as a student. Well, as a teacher, I'm still nervous at the beginning of many lessons because, yes, I am responsible for how this is, is going to go. Yeah, I think I I definitely have a bit of type A personality. I, I want to control all the things that I can. and uh, But I still, I've gotten to a point where I really don't prepare anything. I might have something in my mind. Something happened yesterday and I want to work through talking about it, whether mm-hmm. it be good or bad. I just want to, I want to get the practice, especially in Italian. Something happened yeah. yesterday. I need to practice talking about this because it requires the imperfetto and passato prossimo. And yeah. even though I know how to use those theoretically, I still mess it up. So like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. as far as I ever prepare. But even still that 
there's still some little, little type of anxiety inside, you know, knowing I'm putting myself out there, I'm putting myself mm-hmm. in a situation where I am going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. even though I'm very comfortable speaking with my teachers, it still is there. But then once we work through it and we get started, it's, it's comfortable. And afterwards it is thrilling. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like afraid to look for a new t- or start even with lessons. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like introverts, social anxiety, and they find like language learning actually a safe space because it's something you actually can do all by yourself in your mm-hmm. cocoon at home. And then a lot of people are afraid because they say, okay, I'm too nervous. Yeah. I'm going to have an, uh, a panic attack. I had some students who told me, yeah, I'm probably going to get, get a panic attack during the lesson. And I said, okay, no problem. Yeah, it's not a problem because it's part of, it's part of, for, for many people, it's too much. But for me also, my first lesson uh, online was out of my comfort zone. I was nervous. Uh, I booked it in the afternoon because otherwise I wouldn't have slept probably. Mm-hmm. But it's normal. I think you have to accept for many people, it's normal. And the first time will be terrible. The second time, maybe even worse. And then the third time, maybe you say, oh, this is, it's getting easier. Yes. Uh, but it's something you have to push through because uh, a lot of things are not easy, are mm-hmm. difficult. But it's not because they're difficult that they're impossible. It's not because they're difficult you should avoid them. Now I'm talking very general because that's not only in, in mm-hmm. uh, language learning and it's definitely an advice I should listen to myself also. Uh, but I think you have to push through because I actually, I thanks to my languages, I made friends online and in real life. It allows me to meet people. Mm-hmm. I can imagine uh, being stuck in my cocoon and saying, okay, I'm not going to try to meet people. And then, then I would be here uh, all alone with my two dogs, which they are a very great company, but yeah, communication is a bit limited language lines. Yes. I think, yeah, that's such a, another thing that I did not expect to get out of language learning. I started learning Italian because we moved to Italy and I just knew it was something I was going to do. I had always wanted to learn another language it was not really a possibility living where I lived, um, not in any reasonable way without knowing how to do it. And so it was just going to happen. I did not expect to actually find a community of people who just love learning languages. And I didn't mm-hmm. expect to to make people like you, who I literally consider a friend. Like if I'm ever in Madrid, you're the, I'm going to call you and be like, Kenny, you know, coffee. we're having coffee. Italian and coffee. Exactly, exactly. Um, but but there's so many people all over the world now who I've met online who I, I would consider friends through this bond of language learning. And it really does make it a much more exciting experience, not just in being able to share the connections and share our struggles and know that we're not alone, but the world has just gotten so much in one sense, bigger in a good sense yeah. that I realize how much more is out there and another sense smaller because there's just so many more connections to make with people from everywhere. Yeah, that that is one of the best parts of language mm-hmm. learning is the connections. Yeah, the connection between languages, but also the connection with people, I yes. think. Yeah, the most important thing, I think. that That's why I, I love my language exchange. Often I'm, I'm not studying when I'm at a certain level, I'm just talking mm-hmm. because I love being able to talk to another person in a, a language and sharing my story, sharing my my wins and my struggles and, and whatever is going on in my life. Yeah. What other spaces in the world could you say, 
I learned this and then I heard it and then I was able to use it and someone else be excited for you. <laughs> you yeah. I tell my husband this and he's like, okay, good for you. Good for <laughs> but you. But I tell another language learner, they're like, yes, yes. you did it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I th- yeah, that's... um. I think it's one of the reasons I think also I'd love to be my my previous partner wasn't very much excited about my language learning story, but I think my I would love to be in a relationship where also the other person is into language learning, I think, or where we can. Okay, now this is very Hollywood and uh, (laughs) where we can start to gather uh, a language uh, to learn together Mm -hmm. a language from zero and then help each other out. I would love to share that passion with someone on a more profound level i think yeah, also yeah. or teach my mother tongue my uh, previous partner didn't speak or spoke a little bit but was never enthusiastic about it right. there was no love there for the language but i love i'd love to teach my language or even yeah my my biggest love uh, in the world italian to teach that to someone like in in a relationship i think mm-hmm. because that passion i can feel my language exchanges and, and are always very moments I look forward to, even if I'm tired, even if I have a busy day where I should probably say, no, it's it's I'm too busy. But I, I sincerely enjoy that sharing of passion. You feel the passion on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the table. And that really, I don't know, it's like the, the joy gets tripled or something because yeah. you have the same thing you can share and can talk about. Yeah. My daughter, you know, she and I, still speak Italian to each other often enough, not always, but French is one language that I said I, I would never learn. I have no desire to learn French. It just, I have not no yet. interest in it. Not yet. Not yet. Yes, exactly. Because uh-huh. when we moved to Germany last year, my son was just barely five years old and he knew he was going to be learning German after he learned some Italian. And he says, after German mom, I'm going to learn French. I was like, how did you even know that's a language? Like, where did you mm-hmm. ever hear? Okay. But next year, my daughter goes to secondary school and she gets to choose between English and French. And she's like, I think I'm going to do French. And I was like, okay, here, I'm going to have to learn French now because yeah. my kids are going to be learning <laughs> French. And it would be cool to be able to experience that with her. She gets to be the guide. She gets to bring home her French work and she gets to explain to me what she learned. And if I'm kind of actively learning that vocabulary and grammar with her, one, I can help her if she needs help. And two, we can have outside little conversations. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we can bond over some going, we, we live an hour and a half from France. We can, we can bond over going there and being able to mm-hmm. say hi to people and stuff. And like seeing that as a pathway to another bond with my kids. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to learn French. It just, there's not really yeah. any way around it. <laughs> That's why I always say languages choose me. Mm-hmm. There's something happens and that makes that I choose that language to learn or somebody, I, I speak Afrikaans because somebody on Twitter wrote a sentence in Afrikaans. And I <laughs> thought, oh, that's, well, that that's 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 beautiful. Yeah, and that that was like the spark. Yeah, something chose me. And for you, for example, yeah, your daughter starts with French. Yeah, okay. Why I don't I start? Even though I don't, I don't like, or I did, I don't, uh, I didn't think of. I never considered it as a never. possibility. I speak German. I always thought German. I don't like how it sounds. And then I moved to Italy, and most of my colleagues uh-huh. were from Germany, mm-hmm. and because there was that connection because they speak a German I like them I want to be able to communicate with them in their language and then suddenly that when I hear now German I think this is just a, a language this is not a, a language I don't like that, mm-hmm. that a sound that I don't like because because there was like a connection yeah and again the, the language shows me I was there at German colleagues so okay 
There it is. Yeah. Now I have to learn German. It's so funny you say that because I've I've always loved the sound of German. I think it's so beautiful. Or with with Dutch, you know, I went to Amsterdam and everything is written in Dutch, and I'm like, oh, I I know just enough German that I can make sense of what this is saying. Or you sometimes write in Dutch, and I'm like, ah, I can figure this out. Same with Spanish. If I read Spanish, I understand mm -hmm. quite a bit just yeah. because because of Italian and also just what little I remember from high school. Mm -hmm. Like Sp Spanish is in my future. Dutch yeah. is probably in my future. They're just they're so close. Why not? Why not? Yeah, in that, but you never know what's going to happen. Maybe one of your children one day says, "I want to, uh, I want to learn Japanese." Yeah, and they, they are, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a limit. And I think that's one of the the other exciting things about language learning is that, you know, we, we were talking earlier about reading a book or working through a book, and a book has a very definitive beginning and end, and so it makes sense that our brains say we need to finish this thing mm -hmm. because there's a finishable end and with languages there isn't a finishable end and at first that can seem really scary because you want to say i want to be able to say i have done it i have mm -hmm. learned italian mm -hmm. but you, you don't really ever kind of get to that point you just kind of ease into this comfort level of being able to communicate and speak but that's also kind of one of the exciting things because if i do get to a point where i say okay my italian's good enough i'm just going to listen and speak and i don't need to study study anymore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that opens a whole new world to where am I going to put my focus now? Like, what's the mm. next what's place next? I can yeah. do that? And that's, it's an open world of possibilities with no ending. That's pretty mm -hmm. exciting. That's motivating. Yeah. I love it. All right. I think this is a pretty natural place for us to start coming to an end mm -hmm. with our, with our joyful. <laughs> with our joy. Our joy. Yeah, language our, joy. Our mm. language joy in our first ever conversation in English that Kenny and in I have English. shared today. Yeah. And also the longest conversation we've had. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, can try one day the same conversation in Italian and we'll see uh, uh, how we'll, it goes. All right. Kenny has challenged me <laughs> on my own show. All yeah. right. So uh, for our listeners, as, as you go along your language learning this week, Kenny and I, I'm sure I'm going to speak for you also, Kenny. We hope you find joy in what you're working on, in the progress you're making, and in all those little things that you're doing to improve your languages and make connections with the world around you um, because there really is so much joy in it. And Kenny, it's been an honor having you co-host this episode with me. Thank you for being here and sharing language joy with us. And please tell our listeners where they can connect with you online. Okay. Well, first thing, thanks uh, for having me because talking about languages, it's uh, as, as good as it gets for me. Uh, I have my own website, uh, www.somethingpolyglot.com. So there you have all my information, also my links to my um, social media. I'm very active on Twitter. And if you're into languages, yeah, I think Twitter is still uh, the place to be because there's like a language community, hashtag langtwt. I will put uh, the link to your website in the show notes as well. And please, for our listeners, please remember to share your language learning wins with me this week to be included in the season finale celebration episode next week. So as my first guest co-host, Kenny, you get yeah. to say goodbye to our listeners in whatever way you want, whatever language comes to mind. I would just say, enjoy the little wins. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And until okay. next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>